can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Good day, everybody, and welcome to Thursdays with Wayne. Hope everybody is doing fine this time of year. Um, <laughs> I think I mentioned last my last recording that um, where I live, about 25, 30 miles northeast of downtown Baltimore, we haven't seen snow in maybe two or three years at all of any appreciable amount. And of course, when my wife and I go on a cruise, it snows that next day. So we completely missed it. And now they're talking about a nor'easter hitting our area up to New York. And New York's supposed to get it really bad, too. So sorry to my friends uh, up northeast of me. But be safe. Be careful. Just be as best as you can be um, and, and handle it accordingly. The mobile waterlink spin touch allows pool and spa professionals the ability to test water in the field. A patented waterlink spin reagent disc is used with the innovative photometer to measure 10 different tests in just 60 seconds. That's right, just 60 seconds, and you'll have results displayed simultaneously on the photometer's touchscreen. That's not all. You also have the ability to send the data through Bluetooth into a smartphone or a tablet device. The photometer can measure free chlorine, bromine, total chlorine, combined chlorine, pH, alkalinity, hardness, cyanuric acid, copper, iron, phosphate, borate, biguanide, biguanide shock, and salt. The water analysis can be proactive since they are able to measure all of these important tests and recommend correct procedures to fix their water chemistry issues when using our WaterLink Solutions Pro software program. It allows pool and spa analysts the best way to achieve precise results. So simple, anyone can use it. This is the most advanced system for precise use of wet chemistry methods ever produced. Pool and spa analysts can achieve precision without time-consuming tests or cleanup procedures. This groundbreaking analysis system is so simple, no vials to fill, no prep time, no guessing. To learn more about this innovative lab, visit www.waterlinkspintouch.com. Again, www.waterlinkspintouch.com. Today's topic um, is kind of close to, to my heart in, in a way, in a way, and, and, and I will explain. For those of you who know, know me, uh, I worked for a test kit company for, for many decades. And uh, at, at, there, uh, at this company, I did a number of, of uh, things for them. Uh, when I started, I was uh, primarily hired as a technical writer because that's what my um, education, my master's and, and my uh, undergraduate degrees are in. And, and that I did for a long time, and I was also trained to become what was called then a technical coordinator. Um, I know it's called something different now, but basically I was the person that 
when people called in with a technical question, I would be able to answer it. The problem was I never took chemistry (laughs) in high school. And the only chemistry I ever had to take was when I went to finish my undergraduate degree. You had to take a science. And thank goodness that the university I attended had uh, classes called um, like chemistry for non-chemist majors, biology for non-biology majors, things like that. So I took the chemistry course. It was primarily math, honestly. It was like balancing equations and things like that. And I passed the course. It was all open book. The instructor just kind of read from the text. So it was... It was very simple, very easy, very boring, and completely forgettable. So here I come to work for for the company, and and you know I'm expected to learn chemistry. Well, everything that I'd learned, I'd learned on the job, which is uh, a good thing, I think, on on a, on a lot of different uh, cases where um, you you learn something to the best of your ability um, by actually doing it. And learning it, you know, making mistakes and then realizing what the mistake was and correcting it so that the next time you don't make one. Okay. So I did that for many, many, many years. And um, when uh, the company started to grow uh, and grow very well, uh, they asked me to switch over to sales. And I thought, okay, (laughs) why not? Uh, give it a shot and never really done anything like that. and never really worked in a retail setting. I think the closest I ever did part-time when I was a teenager is I worked for Carvel ice cream <laughs> behind the counter uh, for a couple of years. But um, I, my mentor back then, my, my boss, um, who was then the really the only true salesman, um, kind of uh, showed me what to do and also showed me what not to do. Uh, both by actions and, and examples. So I developed that skill over the years. So what also was developed, my relationships with um, our distributors, because because that's how primarily we worked back then, through distribution. There were several, they're called channels, um, um, sales channels, re, uh, whatever you want to call them, retail channels, wholesale channels. channels. So, you know, we sold, to, we sold our products various ways, uh, primarily through distribution. Uh, and then, then it was through retail directly to, to stores. Uh, then it was to service industry directly to service professionals. And then finally to anybody, honestly, who, who wanted one of our, uh, uh test kits and, and we would call, uh, they would call us and they would order it over the phone using a credit card. And, and this of course is now well before, Things like cell phones and uh, the internet and things like that. We're talking the the nineties, um, actually, the early nineties. So, um, what they asked me to do was to become something called a distributor liaison, which means I was the person that distributors would contact and um, handle any questions, any problems, things like that. Maybe take some orders, maybe enter some orders, that kind of thing. And I was part of what I did for for that for 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 them was this this position was this distributor liaison, and I cherished it. I really developed a lot of good friendships, business relationships over the years, um, uh, which were supported by my uh, my teaching at various trade shows and people stopping by the trade show booth and saying, "Wayne, how are you? How you been? It's good to see you." You know that that kind of thing. And that's an invaluable 
investment in time. Uh, at least it was for me. And um, at, at that point, I think we sold to um, just about every pool spa industry distributor um, in the country and internationally. Um, so, uh, you know, we had our bases covered and again, through distribution, we were able to get product out and things like that. And, you know, that help, help distributors do their job basically and, and do their job well. And so I was the sole person there that, that the distributor would contact, uh, to find out and say, Hey, Wayne, we got a problem with such and such order or Wayne, um, what's your, what's your. Um, status on such and such a kit, that kind of thing. So it, and, and it worked out well. I did that for, oh gosh, at least, at least 20 years. I did that. Okay. And until, uh, you know, other, other, other things happened and somebody else took it over and I went in another direction and that kind of thing. But I did that for at least 20 years. And you don't, you don't, develop relationships with your distributors by just one or two calls. I mean, it, it went out visiting them, you know, talking to them at trade shows, um, setting up meeting, you know, the, the usual things. So the, in, 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 in for manufacturer within our industry, working with distributors, working with distribution um, uh, is, is a powerful, powerful, um, 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 connection. Uh, now I know of late some distributors have, you know, caught the ire of a lot of, uh, smaller companies and there's been a lot of buyouts and switching and, and things like that. And, you know, that that's business that that's normal. You, you, you got to deal with it, but with distribution, you have to be aware of what their, their, their job is to do and what is their job. Well, very generally speaking, you know, it's a manufacturer's job to produce a product, okay, or products. Then if they sell through distribution, it's the distributor's job, among other things, to see what is offered by the manufacturer and what is needed by their customers, which would be people like retailers, which would be people like uh, a service professional who has his own company, could be even a health department, could be could be anybody except for uh, the public, residential, that wanted to purchase a manufacturer's specific product. Okay, so they're 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 caught between a rock and a hard place sometimes, you know, trying to be able to to get the product that that their customers want to sell that product at a realistic price so that their customers are, are satisfied and distribution makes some level of profit that they're, that they're looking for. Um, and the distributors will buy the manufacturer's product again, um, you know, uh, knowing that the manufacturer is going to um, also want to profit by it. But on the other hand, provide incentives for distribution to to order certain products or obtain any additional discounts that are you know that, that could be applied things of that nature so there's a lot that goes on in distribution um particularly when you're talking about 
uh, multi-branch distribution um, out there. And, you know, of course, the big one is Pool Corp. Um, the, the, uh, somebody always told me that oh, the 900 pound gorilla is here, you know, and they of course meant full corp. Um, but you know, my, and, and full corp with, with SCP and superior and a couple other locations, you know, they, they were the, the clear largest, um, multi-branch distribution, um, um, uh, organization for our industry. There are some other ones that have, uh, a number of branches to them. Uh, I'm thinking of, oh, like Gorman in Florida, um, if, uh, you know, things like that. Uh, so they're out there. Uh, and also with with distribution, we have uh, our independent distributors that are that are not beholden. I love using that word, beholden uh, to anyone but themselves. This would be the ma and pa uh, distributors. These would be the kind of distributors that have in 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 my memory have been around the industry for a long long time and provide such a level of service and product um to their customers that they've been able to maintain um maintain their presence within the industry i'm thinking of people like halogen up in chicago we have the hatchicks uh in virginia and the hatchick chicks in Philadelphia, and I'm probably switching those two. I always did, always will, probably. But there's a number of independent distributors um, across the country, and the independent distributors um, sometimes have a little. Um, how do I put this? Easier time to um, um, relate to their customers than, say, a multi-branch distributor. <clears throat> Because they don't necessarily follow the same rules um, or same, you know, procedures, policies, whatever you want to call it, um, that a multi-branch distributor uh, has to work with. Also, they don't have to go through as many layers of sales and, and salesmanship um, to get products to their customers as um, a multi-branch distributor might have. Um, so, you know, I know the, the big worry was, you know, is it ever going to get to the point where there's a monopoly on distribution or, or, you know, it, it's going to go away or that, you know, that remember that rumor back in the early two thousands. Um, but no, they're, they're not. It, it, the distribution serves a purpose. Um, and you can't, uh, fault anyone. Uh, at all um, uh, with 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 poor distribution. Um, let me give you a perfect example. I know of several uh, independent service companies uh, in the Florida area. Uh, and I mentioned Florida because that's just what popped into my head. Uh, that some of the dist- <laughs> I, mean, I remember this was outside of Sarasota for some reason. Some of the distributor locations. Now these are. Um, competing distributors are all located on the same street. I <laughs> uh, remember there was like four or five of them all on the same street. It's like, okay, this is interesting. So what, what would happen is a, a, an independent service person, service company um, uh, will, will, will um, nickel and I won't say nickel and dime. That's, that's not the right way, but will seek out the company and only buy from the company that gives them the best discount. Of course. Common sense. 
who, you know, I don't want to pay that much for that if I can get it cheaper over at another location. So that way they work out a deal. And, and you know, I'm not going to get into the, the details specifically about it, but, but you know, it, it, friendly competition is, is good competition. Unfriendly competition is a pain in the ass. Uh, and that's where a lot of times um, I, I, I felt back in the day that, that some distributor locations felt more like used car lots. And, and the people who worked there, the sales staff, were like used car salesmen. Um, and you know what I'm talking about. We're not talking about the good kind of, of used car salesmen. And, you know, we make big promises and, and you know, try to finagle the, the dollar and the money. And, and it just was very, very uncomfortable. And over the years, working with distribution like I did, I knew who the good ones were. I knew who the who were the not so good ones. Um, not going to call out any names on the bad ones, uh, but needless to say, they're all over, all all over. Um, so you have to be very very leery and careful um, when you are in a position where you have to order something through through distribution. You know, do do they have the products that? you need in order to do your job properly? If not, can they get them to you quickly? Are they selling to you at a, at a realistic level? In other words, is there, is this pricing appropriate? Is pricing competitive? Um, and the big thing for, for me back in the day was as a manufacturer, can a dis- distribution get the product quickly? Um, or order, uh, pre-order uh, such product so that there is a supply on hand at their distributor locations. Um, I mentioned earlier part of what I did for just dis- when I was the distributor liaison was to visit um, distributor locations when appropriate. And can't tell you how many times I walked into a distributor's warehouse and there were a lot of empty shells, a lot of empty shells where products should be, uh, particularly when it came to uh, treatment chemicals, um, test kit supplies uh, from whatever company that they're um, uh, dealing with or looking to buy from. Um, and, and it was disappointing. And, and when I would question uh, the inside salesperson, uh, at the distributor location, you know, what's going on with the shelving? Why is the inventory so low? You know, you've ordered this, 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 and this before, but you're not doing it now. What's going on? And and the most common answer was, I don't know. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Uh, oh, well, if you don't know, something's going on really bad. But as a manufacturer, we knew. We knew what they were buying, when they were buying it, things of that nature. So, you had to work with those those distributors. I guess I guess my point, what I'm really trying to say by not rambling on too terribly much longer, is that if if as a service professional, um, you find a distributor or couple of distributors, depending upon what you need, that provide good service, have the product on hand. Um, are selling it to you at a realistic and reasonable price 
so that they make their profit margins. Uh, and if you as a service person have to resell it, you can make you know a profit on it. Um, typically, you're not reselling it, but if you are, um, and and just there, there's a one big word that uh, pops into my mind is reliability. Are they reliable? Can you trust them? Maybe that's what I'm boiling down. Can you trust your distributor to deliver the products that you need? Uh, that's monetarily appropriate and the products available that that's what I'm pointing to. So if you're starting out in the industry and you're not affiliated with a company and you're an independent, you know, look, look at the, the distribution, look at the distributors that are around you, um, you know, to find some reviews, um, I mean, now with, with the internet, I mean, you can find, you know, just about anything, honestly, um, uh, you know, as far as, you know, like Better Business Bureau reports and uh, things of that nature, you know, do your due dil- diligence, do your homework before you decide to work with the distributor. Um, but, you know, distributors are a valuable um, um, commodity in our industry. They are needed. Um they provide a service that a manufacturer can't necessarily do, for example, um, that a re- retailer might not be able to do, but yet they have the ability to um, uh, uh, provide what it is you need quickly and at a uh, appropriate cost. So that's all I'm going to do for today because I've ranted long enough <laughs> Um, as always, uh, we invite your suggestions for topics, um, your comments, your questions, your criticisms, make it nice now. Um, please send them to talkingpools at gmail.com. That's talkingpools at gmail.com. And they will be reviewed and, um, sent off to the appropriate, um, uh, podcast host. And if your um, question or comment or statement is mentioned or used in a particular podcast, uh, we'll send you out something nice as a thank you. So there you go. Um, remember talkingpools.com, uh, Talking Pools podcast group. There's uh, six or seven of us, different hosts, different days, different topics. Two of our hosts are international, Australia and New Zealand. Um, the rest of us are, are all around the country, Florida, here in the mid-Atlantic area, Chicago, California, yeah, all over. So we represent a, a good, a good amount of people out there in our industry. And all of us have been around for a long time. Um, some people like, well, me, I'm, although retired, I'm still in the industry. I still have my toe in the pool water. I still do things um, I'm like this podcast. I'm still involved with, as you all know, with CPO and, and teaching that course and teaching the instructor course through PHTA. So I, I'm, I have my, my hand in, in, in that, um, in that area too. So, you know, we're all, we're all around, we're all available. We all do different things and we, we have a dearth of, of knowledge and of, of practical knowledge within the industry that we'd love to be able to share to you. And hopefully we are. 
So with that all being said, everyone have a fantastic week and I will be talking at you. Take care. Bye-bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 